This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. The Kinescope Initiative Episode 102 A Sitcom Review in Chronological Order From the SFPPN Television Center, take it away Mark. Thank you announcer bot and welcome to the Kinescope Initiative, a sitcom review in chronological order. Let's continue with the sitcoms of 1980. The Stockard Channing Show premiered on CBS on March 24, 1980 at 8.30 p.m., the second attempt to make Channing a sitcom star just after Stocker Channing in Just Friends, episode 95. The show is very similar. The lead character's name is again Susan. Channing plays a recent divorcee who moves to L.A. like the last show, but now she's a local consumer reporter instead of working at a health spa. Sidney Goldsmith plays her buddy in both shows. She's now working for Ron Silver, who plays an annoying consumer advocate. It's clearly a reference to David Horowitz, a real-life consumer advocate and host of the syndicated Fight Back show, which had just premiered. Max Showalter plays the station manager, Bruce Baum the security guard, and Jack Somak as her landlord. We cover Channing and Sidney Goldsmith in episode 95. Goldsmith must have been a friend of Channing's since she did very little else in her career. Ron Silver, we talked about in episode 72 for Rhoda, and Jack Somak in episode 82 for Ball 4. Max Showalter, a.k.a. Casey Adams' mother, played piano at silent movies, which led to his life in showbiz. Broadway's Very Warm for May, My Sister Eileen, Showboat, John Loves Mary, Make Mine Manhattan, and Hello, Dolly! as Horace Vandergelder. As well as films Niagara with Marilyn Monroe, The MST'd Indestructible Man, Bus Stop, The Naked and the Dead, Elmer Gantry, Move Over Darling, The Anderson Tapes, Ten, and Sixteen Candles, and a lot of TV. He played Ward in the pilot for Leave it to Beaver, The Loretta Young Show, Perry Mason, and a ton of guest spots from the 40s to the 80s. He also put out an album of his songs in the 50s. He retired in 1984, did local theater in Connecticut, and passed in 2000. Bruce Baum was primarily a prop comic who was well-known for his Baby Man character. He played football at UCLA and got into stand-up soon after. Channing was his only regular series, but he's made cameos in films and TV since then. He was also a creative consultant for Whose Line Is It Anyway? As you might have guessed, the Stocker Channing show did little better than its predecessor, running 13 episodes, six of which were burned off in the summer. Both shows used the exact same theme song, and her apartment set was basically the same. In 2006, both series came out in a DVD box set. Channing gave up on TV for quite a while, not returning until The West Wing almost 20 years later. Found a clip on YouTube, Stockard is undercover at a health food shop, and we get a lot of stereotypes. What 
What a bright new world. What a beautiful beginning. Phil and Mickey premiered on CBS on May 26, 1980 at 8.30 p.m. There was a time on American TV where every dramatic series did a Russian athlete wants to defect storyline. That was the central concept of this sitcom. Murphy Cross plays Phyllis, a.k.a. Phil, a U.S. Olympic track star, and Rick Lohman plays Mikhail Orlov, a.k.a. Mickey, with an H, a Russian track star, and they fall in love. He has to defect for them to be together, and they move in with her dad, played by Larry Haynes. Michael Pataki plays Gamenko, a Russian agent, who tries to get Mickey to undefect. Jack Dodson plays Max's boss, and Deborah Pratt was Phil's friend. We covered Michael Pataki in episode 73 for Paul Sand and Friends and Lovers, and Jack Dodson all the way back in episode 22 for The Andy Griffith Show. This was Murphy Cross's only regular role on a TV series. She's done guest roles since then, but is far better known for the stage. Broadway's A Chorus Line, Bubbling Brown Sugar, and has directed and or choreographed many shows over the years. She co-created and directed Jay Johnson, The Two and Only, which won multiple awards. Rick Lohman was mostly known for Soap's Search for Tomorrow, where he played Larry Haynes's grandson and Generations. Larry Haynes was a longtime character actor, starting in radio's Gangbusters, Inner Sanctum, That Hammer Guy, doing more than 15,000 episodes total. He moved to film, The Odd Couple, The Seven Ups, The Stage, A Thousand Clowns, Generation, with a Tony nom, Promises, Promises, a second Tony nom, Last of the Red Hot Lovers, Twigs, and TV playing Stu Bergman on Search for Tomorrow from 1952 to 1986, winning two daytime Emmys. Haynes passed in 2008. Deborah Pratt has had a varied career. She's been an actress, mostly in guest roles, but recurred on Magnum P.I. and Airwolf. She appeared in films Space Hunter, Adventures in the Forbidden Zone, and Exit to Eden. She co-created and produced Quantum Leap, she's also the voice of the narrator, Tequila and Benetti, and The Net, earning five Emmy nominations and a Golden Globe nomination. She wrote for Magnum P.I., Quantum Leap, and The Net. She's also been a board member of the WGA. She sang on multiple albums, published sci-fi novels, the Vision Quest series, and was married to Uber producer Donald Belisario. CBS had high hopes for Phil and Mickey, the Moscow Olympics were coming up, and then the U.S. boycotted them. After some debate about just burying the series, it was run off in six episodes that summer. Could only find the opening theme online, which went from generic march to Russian ballad, and then a more generic TV theme. Semi-Tough premiered on ABC on May 29, 1980 at 9.30 p.m. based on the novel and film satire about pro football and relationships. Bruce McGill took over the Burt Reynolds role, David Hasselhoff the Chris Christopherson role, and Marky Post the Jill Clayburgh role. Ed Peck played the coach, Hugh Gillen, Bubba Smith, and Freeman King were the other players, and Jim McCrell played the announcer. We covered Bruce McGill in episode 94 for Delta House, Ed Peck in episode 62 for The Corner Bar, and we'll cover Marky Post when we get to her better-known series. This was her first regular role. David Hasselhoff grew up in Florida and Georgia, then got on to soap The Young and the Restless and the MST film Star Crash. 
NBC chief Brandon Tartikoff chose him to play Michael Knight on Knight Rider with co-star William Daniels as Kit, which ran for years. It's rare that an actor grabs the brass ring twice, but Hasselhoff did in a failed NBC series called Baywatch. He invested his own money to get the show into first-run syndication, where it became the most popular TV series on Earth, with almost 1 billion viewers in 140 countries. Since then, he's become more of a joke than an actor, generally playing himself. He had a reality series about his family, became a huge music star in Europe, and a long Broadway run in Jekyll and Hyde, and of course he had a podcast. Hugh Gillen is best known as the sheriff in Psycho 2 and 3. Other films include Paper Moon, Butch and Sundance The Early Days, The Rose, Airplane 2, Back to the Future Part 3, with TV runs on Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, and The Facts of Life. Bubba Smith played for the Baltimore Colts, Oakland Raiders, and Houston Oilers, and was in Super Bowls 3 and 5. He switched to acting after retirement and played Moses Hightower in the Police Academy films. Other films include Stroker Ace and Fist of Honor, with runs on TV's Good Times, Open All Night, Blue Thunder, and Half Nelson. He died of drug abuse in 2011 and was found to have brain injuries from his time in the NFL. Freeman King had a run on the Sonny and Cher Comedy Hour and appeared on a number of variety shows with a lot of TV guest roles. Films include The Buddy Holly Story, Under the Rainbow, and Fletch. King passed in 2002. Jim McCrell is primarily known as an announcer and host. He hosted game shows The Game Game, Celebrity Sweepstakes, and Celebrity Bowling. He also managed a number of acting roles, although he generally played an announcer or host. Annie Hall, The Semi-Tough Film, First Family, The Howling, Harry's War, Gremlins, Teen Wolf, Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death, and Defending Your Life, with a ton of TV guest roles. He also spent many years in radio and still does voice work. Semi-Tough was not a hit, possibly because the film was rather raunchy and such things were not allowed on TV. Including an earlier pilot with a different cast, the show ran for all of five episodes. Good luck finding much about this show versus the film online. Nobody's Perfect premiered on ABC on June 26, 1980 at 9.30 p.m. Meet Scotland Yard detective Roger Hart, Ron Moody, who has been assigned to a San Francisco precinct based on TV logic. He turns out to be a bumbling yet brilliant cop as he and his U.S. partner, played by Cassie Yates, solve crimes. Of course, there's the standard edition grouchy boss, Michael Jarrell, and Victor Brandt, Tom Williams, and Rennie Roker play other detectives. Ron Moody was in fact from the U.K. and served in the Royal Air Force in World War II. He switched from economics to acting and gained wide fame playing Fagin in the original Oliver, with Tony and Oscar noms and a Golden Globe win. He would go on to reprise Fagin in the 80s. After that, Moody did films, The Twelve Chairs, Identified Flying Oddball, A Kid in King Arthur's Court, and TV, Midnight is a Place, The Word, Into the Labyrinth, Hideaway, The Animals of Farthing Wood, voice work, EastEnders, and at one point, he was offered the role of Doctor Who, but turned it down. It went to John Pertwee instead. Moody passed in 2015. 
Cassie Yates was mostly known for TV guest roles. She did recur or was a regular on Rich Man, Poor Man, Book 2, Barnaby Jones, Simon and Simon, Detective in the House, Dynasty, and Murder, She Wrote. Her film work includes FM, Convoy, and The Osterman Weekend. Michael Durrell had already had a run on Search for Tomorrow prior to this series and recurred or was a regular on Soap, I'm a Big Girl Now, Shannon, Romance Theater, V, Alice, Hill Street Blues, Santa Barbara, Matlock, Beverly Hills 90210, playing Donna's father, and films Defending Your Life and Sister Act. Victor Brandt was all over TV from the 60s to today, starting with a run on Gomer Pyle USMC. He also played two different roles on the original Star Trek series. He was one of the space hippies and recurred or was a regular on Capitol and They Came From Outer Space then moved to mostly voice work. Zorro, Spawn, Superman the Animated Adventures, Avatar The Last Airbender, Metalocalypse, and a lot of video game work. Rennie Roker was also on Gomer Pyle and later did voice work, Challenge of the Super Friends. He appeared on Hill Street Blues and in a previous career ran a record company with his brother. Tom Williams worked as an assistant on Jack Webb's police shows, Dragnet 1967 and Adam 12, moving into producing the latter, then got into acting, returned to the Planet of the Apes, Life with Lucy, Night Court, and Coach. He passed in 2018. Nobody's Perfect was originally planned to be part of the 1979 ABC fall season before getting burned off the next summer with eight episodes total. It seems like the show did better in Europe. In the UK, it was called Heart of the Yard, partially because there was already a Nobody's Perfect TV series there, ironically about an American in England. France called it Dear Inspector, and Germany called it Worst Comes to Worst. I could only find the opening online. The theme is generic Brittany with lots of trumpet flourishes. Hart seems like an English Inspector Clouseau breaking things all around him. I haven't a blizzard of his gizzard Fill me with ecstasy He's sweet just like chocolate candy And he's like honey from the sea Good Time Harry premiered on NBC on July 19, 1980 at 10 p.m. Ted Bessel returns to TV after an eight-year absence post-disaster that was Me and the Chimp. He plays a sports writer and ladies' man. Eugene Roach played his editor, Marcia Strassman, another reporter, Stephen Peterman, the copy boy, Barry Gordon, his next-door neighbor and buddy, Jesse Wells played a cocktail waitress, and Richard Caron, a bartender at his local haunt. Of course, we covered Ted Bessel in episode 46 for That Girl, Barry Gordon in episode 60 for The New Dick Van Dyke Show, Eugene Roach in episode 62 for The Corner Bar, Marcia Strassman in episode 77 for Welcome Back, Cotter, and Jesse Wells in episode 92 for Husbands, Wives, and Lovers. Stephen Peterman would go on to Making the Grade, Square Pegs, and The Paper Chase before switching over to producing. Suddenly Susan, Becker, Hannah Montana, Life with Boys, Bella and the Bulldogs, and Murphy Brown, writing for Suddenly Susan, Hannah Montana, and Murphy Brown. He returned to produce the Murphy Brown sequel, which, of course, flopped. Richard Caron served in the Korean War and was an honor guard at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. After that, he got into stand-up and was discovered by Dustin Hoffman. He would go on to be a regular or recurred on Teachers Only, Webster, and Charlie and Company. Films included Fun with Dick and Jane, Fatso, History of the World Part 1, before switching to voice work, Timon and Pumbaa, 
An American Tale, The Treasure of Manhattan Island, and The Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas. Karen passed in 2017. Good Time Harry was not a good time for NBC, who scheduled this series in the summer to burn it off with all of seven episodes aired. Can only find the opening theme online, I'm Just Wild About Harry, sung by Al Jolson. An ancient reference, even in 1980. More of 1980s sitcoms in our next episode. Announcer Bot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at sfppn. Check out tumblr.com slash blog slash sfppn. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Well, I'm filing this episode in the archive. Tune in next time.